the Toronto Raptors at long last are NBA champions. This is the greatest moment of my life. And I was so excited to talk about the Toronto Raptors on this podcast. But about an hour before, the Los Angeles Lakers made a trade. So while I'm very happy, I might not be as happy as my producer, who is a Laker fan. But screw the Lakers. Screw LeBron James. We're going to be talking a lot of Raptors today on this brand new episode of the Ball and Roll Pick and Pot. Once again, as always, stay locked in on BallandRoll.com for the best basketball content on the web. Stay locked into shop.ballandroll.com for the best merch on the web. We got a lot to talk about. I'm on cloud nine. My my producer is too, but screw the Lakers again. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk Raptors. Kevin, how's it going, dude? Man, you guys say you're on cloud nine. I just got a report saying that Patrick Beverly might be interested in joining Chicago Bulls. I'm on cloud 10, my friend. That's probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. So I'm sorry to kind of upstand everything that happened to both of you guys, but Patrick Beverly might come over to Chicago. That's huge. So feeling Jesus. great. What about you, Rich? <laughs> well, like it seems like an hour ago, everything was great, but now I'm like the least happiest dude here. But um, <laughs> and th- it sucks because this was my. This is kind of what I want. I didn't want to see before the parade because the parade's on Monday. Why couldn't they just wait until like Tuesday? You know, like this point in time, I want everybody to suffer except for Raptor fans. Like, don't make a trade now. Make it happen uh, on Tuesday. Won't hurt anybody. You know. Uh, like, let me have my moment to be happy while everyone else is sad. Because this happens too often to Raptor fans. Let us have our moment. Uh, but, 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 Kev, we're gonna we're talking about two coronations on this okay. podcast because yes. you probably can guess who the which what the first one is. The Raptors are the NBA champions. But do you know who you know who the second champ is? Um, Masai, because he might make ten mil next year. Nope, nope, Ooh. it's me. It's me. Why? Because during what game six, during uh-huh. game six, we're at mm-hmm. a bar in St. Catharines watching the game, going crazy. I'm yeah, getting I drunk. But yeah. I was the Raptor trivia champ. Oh, that is correct. I do have video evidence of this, so he's not making this up. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one question where everybody was tossing out 10 different answers, and like you got oh, yeah. it. So that was hype. No, Rich, Rich killed it. You you it was like what your score was five. The it next, was five. It was five, four, two, one. No, I think the so, next guy leading was like at three or something like that. No, 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 no. So, no, no. It was it was like five. It was four. He had four, mm-hmm. and that's why we went into like a sudden death round. Yeah. And then uh, I don't remember what the last question was. I was kind of drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I ended up winning. And the funny story here is, um, you get a prize when you win. It's yeah. either a hoodie like with the bar logo on it or a 20% discount. And I'm like, okay, it's halftime. I'm going to be drinking a lot more as the game goes on, especially once the fourth quarter rolls around, I'll take 20% off Mm -hmm. because I'm going to use it because I'm going to have a lot of beers. Yep. The next morning, I think I'm talking to you actually. And we're, I think we're at a convenience store, like getting scratch tickets. And I'm looking at my, into my, into my phone case and I see the 20% off card and I'm like, shit, I did not use it. (laughs) But you're the champ though. You're the real champ. champ. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So like, I'm, I'm kind of considering because like, it's going to be really, really wild at the parade on Monday. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of considering like shooting a message to Masai and being like, Hey man, I was the Raptor trivia champ. In St. Catharines, like, can I get a spot on the bus? You know, like the party. Honestly, bus. you should get a you should get a spot on the float. I, I think, think it's so. only fair. It's only fair because like if Patrick Patrick Macau and Jeremy Lin and Eric Moreland are gonna get a spot on that parade, I think mm-hmm. you deserve one too. Because you know what, Jeremy Lin did absolutely nothing other than run down a clock. Mm-hmm. And there is That's a, a- mixtape. People, I need you to listen to this. Go on Instagram. There is a mixtape out there of Jeremy Lin's finals. Uh, performance where he runs or out Black of clock. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's important. Is when it? you're winning games, you got to kill the clock, and he killed the clock. And I'm pretty sure that's his the method was, of win. His stat was like one minute and one turnover. Uh, yeah, the, the thing is, I think he played like five minutes this entire finals, and I think the only thing he got is one turnover one on his turnover. box score. <laughs> but, only if, only but, if they count like rolling off screens as a stat, because yeah. he did a lot of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the thing, like if. Jeremy Lin can be on the on that bus. Why can't I? 
Exactly. Because this is gonna like this is gonna be my summer, you know. Like I'm gonna be at the parade. Hopefully, I'll be at the bus. I'll 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 send out my like I'll send out a well written letter, and then in the summer, yeah. And then in the summer, I'll just call up the the banana the new banana boat crew, and it's gonna be me, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma <laughs> on the banana boat celebrating the Raptors. And we don't forget Cand- Candace Parker. Oh yeah, because LeBron was uh, recruiting at a WNBA game. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I feel, I feel like WNBA players deserve equal pay, so you know, I think they that should is... be mentioned just as much too. I don't think it's fair that they're neglected in 2019. Uh, you know, I got assisted too, so I got to wrap up, my guy. Well, on that on that <laughs> note, we should probably let's get, talk let's get back to NBA Finals. Yeah, let's get back to the NBA Finals, the greatest okay. time of my life. Yeah. So, um. Let's start off here. You're not the Raptor fan. I'm the Raptor fan. Can you give the audience kind of like a description of what it was like watching the biggest game of my life next to me? All right. So I wish you guys followed me on uh, Snapchat because I had a great chronicle of that evening. Started with, you know, it was just silent. Everyone was just antsy waiting for the game to start. Drinks are starting to come up. Food's starting to come up. You know, lights are still on. And I get a panoramic kind of video. And Richard's face is in it. And he looks like he's about to shit bricks. It's just anxiety <laughs> in his face. Like, he's not saying anything. He's fidgety. You know, guy, because this is this is a massive game for him. We predicted yeah. raps in six. And you know what? It came to fruition, whatever. But it's just, as the game proceeds, he's feeling great the first quarter. He might be feeling a little better on the second quarter. And then Golden State starts going on a little run. You know, they go up 88, 86 at a certain time. And oh, God. Rich starts getting a little bit more tense. He can't breathe. There's a certain time I get him I get him on, a, on my usual uninterrupted interview where I put the camera in his face when he's not expecting it. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, how do you feel right now? He's like, I can't breathe. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, these, these are actual Keep reactions from Rich that evening. But, dude, keep in mind, I already have ADHD, and I'm pretty certain the reason I have ADHD is because of Toronto sports. Like, I, 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 don't freak, doubt it. <laughs> I am freaking out that entire game. And, like, yeah. the first quarter, like, fine, Kyle Lowry's going off. This is yeah. the greatest moment of my life because, yeah. you know, I love Kyle Lowry to death. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, fine, we outscore them again. Third quarter comes, and the Warriors just go off. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is not happening right now. Pre KC, but pre ACL Clay was yeah. lit. Oh yeah, dude, he was out. going off. And first, oh, yeah. like first, firstly, let's mention that we really hope that Clay Thompson has a speedy recovery because just watching that play yes. on replay was just holy Jesus. I hope he, I hope he gets back. And I yeah. want to say one, and I want to say this: he tore his ACL. Yeah, he he was helped to get to the back, and we yeah. watch him go to the back to the to the locker room, and he's yeah. walking on his own. Somebody comes up to him and probably tells him like, "Hey, man, you got to take the free throws, or you're not allowed to return." And this is at a point where he doesn't know yet he tore his ACL yet, mm-hmm. and you see him like kind of jogging back down yeah. on a torn ACL, makes yeah. both free throws. That's and Kobe for moment. a second, dude. It's not even Kobe moment. This is like a whole new level because yeah. like. You, the Kobe free throws. There was a timeout call right after. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With with this one, it's like he's running back on defense. Yeah, it was. Rough, I'm man. seeing this, and I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, like, because remember when we were watching that replay, and I'm like, dude, it looks like his ACL, mm-hmm. right? And yes, I, yeah, and then I see him running down, running back down, and I'm like, Jesus, maybe he just sprained his knee because like he looks like he's just ready to go back mm-hmm. and for a second i'm like they might not, not even foul right now they yeah. just might let it play out but then obviously boogie boogie fouls raptors in the bonus which play. is the right thing to do yeah but the crazy thing is clay goes back for testing and they don't like right away see that it's an acl tear and you just see him like kind of doing jumping jacks and like running yeah. up and down and i'm like the like I'm I'm seeing this on my television. I'm like Jesus Christ, how is this happening? And then Doris Burke reports that's a torn ACL. I'm just like, what is what was this? he doing that whole time? I'm like this dude was doing all of that. He yeah. probably couldn't even feel his knee mm-hmm. at that point. Could like I, honestly, that's incredible. Also, absolutely I, incredible. Could I address this, please? And thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, so, go for it. Um, people who cheer. For other people getting hurt. You're a terrible human being. I've addressed this many times. But you know what? I, I 
Richard kind of broke this down for me. Um, so in a different perspective, which I kind of understood, it could be the competitive nature in certain people where they see somebody fall down and it's like, oh, yes, let's go, you know? But when there is an instant replay where they show like really gruesome injury that happens on the knee, mm-hmm. empathize and put yourself in their shoe. That's a human being more than your opponent. That's a human being. Don't continue to get up and like a chant and uh, celebrate when another guy is hurt. Mm-hmm. What kind of a person are you? Like never do that ever. Mm-hmm. For sure. man. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like, I understand why people would get pissed at how the Toronto crowd responded to Kevin Durant's injury, but picture yourself at that arena. You, yeah. Like you're you're not able to see that sort of injury in real time because mm-hmm. in in like usually you look at the replay and you're like you see something popping in the sh- in Kevin Durant's shoe and you're like oh my god this looks yeah. horrible yeah. like when it happened in real time I was in a bar and I'm just sitting there silently everybody goes crazy I'm like oh my god like yeah. this looks bad but like the the Warriors are really mad at the at the fans at, at the Scotiabank Arena but injury happened mm-hmm. guys and everyone just got really really loud but then literally a minute later obviously kyle lowry and serge Ibaka kind of calmed them down but like it's it's competitiveness and that like in a minute they start cheering kevin for kevin durant they start chanting his name like you can tell that they're like okay jesus we messed up we apologize like in like in real time we didn't notice that it looked that bad we just thought you fell right so and then obviously after the game you see guys are like donating to his charity i donated to his charity we mm-hmm. like like we you just see, you just saw that the city of toronto knew that they messed up and they wanted to like make it better right because that's the type yeah. of people canadians are and what i noticed with the clay thompson injury just being at the bar mm-hmm. i noticed that people were they understood what happened with the kevin durant injury and it mm-hmm. seemed like they learned their lesson because like i don't think the crowd like really got loud when they saw that rich but what do you but, mean wait 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 let me say one thing one, let me say okay. one thing they didn't really like get insanely loud when mm-hmm. they saw clay go down in fact there was a, a bunch of people who were clapping when he like came off the court in the bar but there is and i i really like that and mm-hmm. especially on the replay people are just silent but there was one dude oh that bar cheering the entire time oh, even during the guy. replay Oh my god. I hated him so much. Never do that. Yes. Because but I and that's my pet peeve. Like and it's it's kind of spurred by like it's kind of pushed on us by the media, by social media, by like personalities on TV. Like you you watch like ESPN first take or Fox Sports and guys are and those guys are like he's faking an injury or like come on Michael Jordan would have played. But oh. <laughs> he's got, but, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Know, like like we have no idea as human beings what Kevin Durant was feeling this entire month. So to push him to play is insane. Yeah. Pushing Clay Thompson to play game three because he's running around in mm-hmm. practice. He has a hamstring sp- strain. That's just because hey, Clay Thompson is a tough son of a bitch that he's on the floor even. Mm-hmm. Like we would be like those same people who are pushing him to play wouldn't be anywhere close to a basketball. Yeah. We got to understand as people that these guys aren't just superheroes they're not superheroes they're still human and while they're so so talented and they're on tv and they're doing things that are just so inhuman sometimes they're human beings at the end of the day and they feel pain and clay thompson's gonna go through a hell of a rehab right now it's gonna be a long process same thing with kevin durant yeah so we gotta all be better i'm not sure yeah go ahead uh heard what happened after the injury um because when he got into the locker room where the trainers were addressing it right the trainers were advising him to just lay on the bed because they don't know what the extent of injury is which is the correct thing to do that's the protocol you have to get Mm -hmm. the mri done because you are a high-valued asset you have a a, a free agency season coming up right now okay so this is moments where you have to uh, kind of make sure your body is at 100%. But he's like, you know what? No, I want to go back out there. I want to go back out there. So that's why he started doing the jump, jumping jacks and start running mm-hmm. just to feel how it is. But then they kind of forced him to go for the MRI. So he drove uh, to the MRI place like his brother drove him. And on the way there, he's just asking, what's the score? What's the score? What's the score? Am I going to be able to play game seven? Am I going to be able to play game seven? Because it was still tight at that moment. And uh, the game was still going on when he, while he was uh, the examination was going on, 
And uh, once the examination was done, the game was done. So they told him the score. And only at that moment was he like, is this going to affect my free agency? Up to that point, it's not a concern for him. That's that competitive mm-hmm. nature in him. So people need to lay off guys like this. Yeah. You look at an interview with Rachel Nichols um, where Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry sat down. And Kyle Lowry addressed the right thing for Kawhi Leonard to do at that, uh, throughout the year was load management. Nobody forced him. And that was perfect. Look at this guy in the playoffs. He played through pain towards the last few, I mean, no, like the last a few series. But mm-hmm. even with that, like he balled out. That is thanks to the load management throughout the year. Mm-hmm. People sure. that people are like, yo, uh, play through the injury, play through the injury. Michael Jordan played through the flu game. You know, this guy played with no arms, no legs. Like, stop. Ball is not the same anymore. People are getting paid forty to fifty million dollars a year. Those are high assets. Yeah. Hey, like, come on. Rest these guys when you can. It's so tough to play a hundred games, and that's like it's a short span between November and June, and you yeah. play every every two three days. Like that's yeah. that wears on your body, and you're getting older, and you're getting beat, and you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like we we got to just understand as people. No matter what social media says, no matter what personalities say about how you got to get back in there, these athletes know their bodies. Exactly. And honestly, like a lot, the Golden State Warriors are getting a ton of flack for how they handled Kevin Durant and how they shouldn't have let him play in game five. Mm-hmm. And like I've, I've done a lot of stuff in player, like I've, I've t- I have a lot of connections in player development for baseball. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people know player development people on the in other sports so the nba the nhl and i was talking to one guy who um he works with the mariners and he's like i know a a few people on the warriors and they have one of the most incredible medical staffs one of the most conservative like player developments like the warriors are legit and if the the warriors knew that kevin durant is ready to go in game six in game five and it was a it was just a horrible turn of events Mm-hmm. no need to give the guy flack because like the Warriors know what they're doing. They wouldn't be in the finals five straight years if they didn't, but let's kind of change the subject. Now let's not talk about injuries. Let's talk yeah, about some yeah, happy yeah. stuff. The Toronto <laughs> Raptors yes, for sorry. the first time in 24 years are NBA champions. Kawhi Rich. Leonard pulled, pulled through. Yeah. Yeah, man, go for it. What Hit me with your journey. Hit me with your journey as a Toronto Raptor oh. fan from oh, day one. Just just break it down. Break it down from uh, Phil Arruyo days, Andrea Bargnani days, oh you know, Anthony we went, Parker days. Hit me, hit me. Dude, we went from Isaiah Thomas randomly being our first general manager. Yeah. We were made fun of for our dumb logo of like a Raptor with tiny hands, which is funny because Kawhi has massive hands. <laughs> they, we went from Damon Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. First ever rookie, uh, first ever draft pick. He wanted to leave us. Chris <laughs> Bosch wanted to leave us. Vince Carter wanted to leave us. Tracy McGrady wanted to leave us. Um, fun fact: Alonzo Mourning got traded to the Raptors for Vince Carter, and before he even stepped foot on the court, he wanted to leave us. <laughs> so, you know, I've been through everything with this team. Like I thought, Joey Graham was going to be the next superstar at one point. Yeah. Charlie V was going to be like a legend after dropping like forty nine points. Terrence Roth scored like 50 once, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. This is his coming out party. And then he's gone for Serge Ibaka. We were in the conference finals against LeBron James with a starting lineup that had the broken bones of Damari Carroll, the the near-retirement Louis Scola, and the offensively inept Bismack Biombo. My guy. I've been through this. We were swept by the Cavs. This city was named Lebronto for a very long time. And then we got Kawhi. We got Danny Green. We got Marcus All. And honestly, a lot of credit has to go to Masai Ujiri because, and we have to talk about this guy because the yes. amount of balls that it takes to make a trade like that last offseason, not only do you fire the head coach of the year, but you take DeMar DeRozan, a franchise cornerstone. This is the only guy in team history who was like, I want to stay here and I want to build something special. And if you're a fan of the Raptors and you watch this team play and you're just kind of like, oh, DeMar DeRozan just encapsulates everything about Toronto. But like, it seems like we kind of peaked with him. But to make that move 
for one year of Kawhi Leonard is just incredible. And like everything that followed, like Kawhi Leonard seemed like he loves Toronto now. Like Danny Green became a great part of this organization. Like he uh, he was one of the league leaders in three-point percentage. And then we got a guy like Gasol. And that was another thing. Jonas Valanciunas is another guy who's a house, homegrown talent. He's been here since his draft. We gave him a contract extension. This is a dude who's everything that this the the, the Raptor culture wants. The guy who does his work was willing to sacrifice, never complains, and he was just gone. Dylan Wright, gone. CJ Miles, well, whatever. CJ's PJ's, rest in peace. But, <laughs> you know, like there were so many trades here, and it all goes back to even at the very beginning when he traded Rudy Gay mm-hmm. for Grievous Vasquez, Patrick Patterson, Chuck Hayes, and John Salmons, and we we're like, we're going to get Andrew Wiggins because we're about to tank. Yeah, And then we get we make that trade, and the Raptors suddenly win 14 of 20 games, and we're in the playoffs, and we're playing Brooklyn. We're like, oh, my God. Like, something's happening. And just every step of the way, Masai Ujiri has done so many things that you're like, you got to trust Masai. 100%. Like a, but you got, like, wouldn't you agree? Like, Masai Ujiri has done so much for this organization. You can say anything you want about Kawhi because Dude. he was exceptional. But Masai Ujiri is the guy who created this all. 100%, Rich. I, I couldn't agree anymore. Like, he, Kawhi, he, he put his body out there, but Kawhi had to get here somehow. And the only way he got here was because of Masai. The first move Masai made with the Raptors was getting rid of Bargnani. And he Primo got... Pasta. Yeah, he got a few players, but he also got a first-round pick, which turned out to be a, tra- a trading piece that which he used to get Kawhi Leonard, which was Jacopoto. Yep. Which was massive. Also, locked up Lowry. Even though he didn't acquire Lowry, uh, he mm-hmm. was able to extend him for a three-year contract at that point. Yeah, who was a huge factor for your playoffs. Mm-hmm. He hurt himself the last game. Was it game seven where he got hurt? He hurt his thumb, but he played through that. Yeah. And he balled out for you guys. He had one of the highest plus minuses in the series as well. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, he, he got this boy from New Mexico State, your MCM, every day of the year. Day that one. Boy, Pascal Siakam. Kevin, Kevin, I've been preaching about this boy since the day I met you. And you're, I don't think you even knew who Pascal Siakam was at that when, the, when we first met because you're I mean, a Bulls I knew, fan. I, I, knew of you him. Knew, I knew of him. You knew but, of him. But, but I you got to like, understand, I'm jealous. Yeah. Oh, I, I understand. But like. I love that pick for mm-hmm. so long. And now to see everybody just like getting on the bandwagon, I'm like, yes. Yeah. And so, so much went into this championship win. Like, obviously, like I, we mentioned Kawhi Leonard, but Pascal Siakam becoming dude. the player he was this year. Dude. And like, you just watch him play, dude. He can get so much better from here. Like, oh, he got yeah. himself a three-point shot. And obviously, it was a little inconsistent for the majority of the finals. But then he started making big key shots in the in uh game six mm-hmm. but you look at him play sorry uh, w- let me just finish this point i'm sorry go you ahead. look at him play lanky motor and for the most part he doesn't make like sometimes when the, like there's a lot more pressure on him he doesn't usually make the right decision but that's just because he's young but during the season when you watch him play like he usually makes the right decision like he has those natural instincts like you watch him play sometimes he delivers passes that you're like Oh my God, where did that come from? Like game six, he mm-hmm. delivered a pass, like a no look pass to Serge Ibaka in the paint. And you're like, Jesus Christ, that just came out of nowhere. And like the shot's getting better. He attacks the rim. He knows what to do. Sometimes he gets a little shot. Like he kind of gets a little shot heavy when he wants to throw it up, which is not really mm-hmm. his game yet. But you can just tell that he gets into the off season. He works on his like decision-making a little bit more. He continues to work on a shot. This mm-hmm. guy could, this guy's like, he should be an all-star next year. He should have been one this year. But next year, if you re-sign Kawhi and you have Pascal Siakam taking that next step and you yep. still have Kyle Lowry, who is still one of the most misunderstood players mm-hmm. in the NBA. Like when the Raptors first acquired him, the mm-hmm. Raptor analytic team was like, this guy can be a top 10 point guard in this yep. NBA. People just don't know it. You just got to look at the analytics mm-hmm. to see that this guy's really, really good. He might not drop 26 points every game. But everything he does on the court is just so important to a championship team. And that's something you don't see in guys like Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Yeah. 
you know like they're completely different players one like russell westbrook you watch him play and you're like jesus christ this guy is a monster mm-hmm. but you watch a guy like kyle lowry and he just does things not to fill up the stat sheet he does the things you need to win yeah so i mean i'm super excited about the raptor future even though i have no idea what's going to happen to Kawhi. we'll talk about that a little later but yeah. how, what do you think was the key for the raptors to close Dude. out the series the, I was gonna, I was going to mention two more points. What uh, Masai sure. did, which helped you in the finals. Uh, the next being um, signing Fred VanVleet to a partial guarantee a guaranteed deal at a certain point. This guy on Game Six had twelve points in the fourth quarter. He came in as a spark plug and lit the fire that you guys needed. And dude, Freddie VanVleet, dad strength, whatever it is, I don't care. Guy's got so much heart. I don't know if it's because he played ball in Chicago. That's where he grew up. That's just the way he he is. I don't know what it is, but God, he's a beautiful man who can play b- basketball beautifully. And the next uh-huh. point being trading Terrence Ross for Serge Ibaka. Serge oh, Ibaka, yeah. he's not going to come out there and drop you 20 points and 10 boards. That's not what he's going to do. But he's going to be there for the key putbacks because he's a gritty guy. The Mafuzi chef is going to mm-hmm. be in the paint. He will throw an elbow if he has to. Grab the board. He's that dirty, grinding player. But also, once in a while, he can step outside and hit a three-pointer, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you look at you look at game six. In 22 minutes, he had 15 points with a plus a plus nine in the plus mm-hmm. nine. That's, that's mm-hmm. exactly what you want with a guy like Serge Ibaka coming off an eight-man rotation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's perfect. So, yeah, that was solid. And also, we discussed regarding Pascal Siakam, the difference from game five to game six, what he needed to do, hit the threes. Game five, I'm pretty sure it was zero for four from the three-point line. Something six, like that, yeah. Yeah, game six, he did exactly what he had to do. Three for six from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. What, what? As a big man, and a lanky guy like him who can finish at the rim easily, when you scare your defender from the three-point line, what it does is they will come and they won't sag off you. That mm-hmm. means for a quick guy like him, he can blow past him, make that boy dance, do a little spinorama, kiss it off the glass, which mm-hmm. he did a lot in game six. and. Oh, the bar was going hype when he was doing that. Oh, that and boy played forty six minutes and contributed what he had to do. It was a solid game by him, man. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Pascal Siakam played forty six minutes in Game Six. Yeah, he had the most amount of minutes. Jesus Christ, I didn't even know, dude. That's nuts. That's what I mentioned. That's the motor, dude. That's the motor. This guy, he just runs man <laughs> like I, I wow i didn't even know that i thought he played like 40 41 which is still a lot but 46 minutes, 46 minutes yep so Rick, wow what was your thoughts what was your thoughts summarize your game well, for me well, your, your experience pov well <laughs> well here's here's the thing start of the game the raptors had to come out aggressive because one thing i was worried about was and like i didn't think it was going to happen because of the way the raptors have looked this entire postseason but like it was always in the back of my mind like you just lost in such heartbreaking fashion mm-hmm. are you going to be able to pick yourself up out out the gate and like because of the type of business like stoic personality this team had this entire postseason i wasn't too worried about it mm-hmm. but i wanted them to come out as an aggressive team i wanted them to make the first punch and that happened with kyle lowry mm-hmm. kyle lowry was the player of the game start to finish he was the best player on the court he was better than Steph he was better than Clay he was better than Kawhi he was better than Freddie even though Freddie went off in that fourth quarter but he was start to finish getting making every right pass making every big shot at the very end he made that that uh, step back um, fade away that like bounced at the top of the rim and then fell through that was a massive shot mm-hmm and he was there all night. He like I, he, you you watch it from the beginning of the game, and you're like, this guy wants to go back to Toronto with Larry O.B. Yeah, oh, but, oh, I love that. But on to, other than that, Pascal Siakam obviously exceptional the entire game. Mm-hmm. The shot was falling, and you're like, okay, now he has the confidence. And when his shot is falling, he's just so tough to defend because you make that great point. When his shot falls, now you got to respect the shot. And if you respect the shot, he can blow by you because he just has such a high motor and he's so long that he takes one step and he's a, and he's already a, like pat, he's already running past you. Mm-hmm. But and again, Serge Ibaka, exceptional the entire just he it's just such a great thing to have a because Serge Ibaka is a freak of nature, dude. Oh, yeah. Like that dude is so explosive and powerful 
mm-hmm. to have that coming off the bench who can block shots, who can impact shots on defense, get the boards, hustle, like do those plays that not many people can do, and you have that coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. He's he was exceptional since game three. He was just exceptional the entire series. And obviously Kawhi played well. He had some good spurts, but he wasn't like the best player there. He only finished with 22 points. But I mean, Freddie Van Vliet, man. Freddie. Dude. Steady Freddie. Like, honestly, at this point, it's not even dad's strength. This is just Freddie being Freddie. This is Steady Freddie right here, man. He was he was hot, dude. Like he's just feeling the heat. I don't know what it is. He has that confidence. Yeah, that's the thing, dude. I love that. When a guy who's not afraid to shoot. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, I, and you just, dude, and it's it's insane. I mean, I, honestly, I credit Nick Nurse for this as well because it would be it would have been so easy to bench Freddie in the first round or the second round, and that would have killed that guy's confidence. Yes, but he kept going with him. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse to bench him for for um, Jeremy Lin and, get, and see what Jeremy. <laughs> no, no, but 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 like honestly, like Fred Van Vliet was nearly unplayable. Yeah. And everybody was shitting on Nick Nurse, but yeah. Nick Nurse trusted the guys who got him there. Mm-hmm. And that and you can just see how and then by and the Raptors just got better with each series and you can just see their confidence grow, which is why going into the finals I'm like this is a scary team, dude. Like yeah. this team is confident. This yeah. team is coming in to take care of business. And you just saw it with Fred, Freddie, like he made every single big shot. He chased Steph Curry around the court. Like obviously, Steph Curry dropped like one million points on him, but he made things a little difficult. And in the fourth quarter, Steph Curry did not play well. Dude, no. And he, especially when Clay Thompson went down, for Steph Curry not to play well, that's ugh. like you know, like you lost the game. Exactly. You know, and Freddie Freddie won that game at the very end. It was Freddie um, Pascal Siakam making a big, a couple big big free throws and a big shot. Kawhi Leonard made a couple big shots. Like I said, Kyle Lowry made a couple big shots. They were all hustling for loose balls. This mm-hmm. team, and and that's that we kind of mentioned this on the last pod, man. Like how American media is like, who's gonna be the Robin to Kawhi's Batman? Oh, I know? hate that. I hate that. And I, I hate that so much because that just means you never watch this team. And the beauty with this team is how they play together. Yeah, like uh, like Kawhi Leonard said that during the season there were some rough times on the team, um, mm-hmm. but that they kept behind closed doors. But when mm-hmm. you watch them on the court, you just see like these guys love playing together, yes. and they worked out their problems. And this is a team, because it takes a team effort to beat a guy like, to beat a guy like um, uh, a team like the Golden State Warriors, yeah. and they and they and they came through, man. Could and, could we also? address um yeah. the interaction between uh Kawhi and Kyle Lowry. Uh the post game right before Rachel Nichols interview started where uh Kawhi comes and sits beside Kyle Lowry. This my Kawhi is struggling first of all to walk and sit down just because of the pure pain in his body. And he hands over uh the finals MVP trophy to Kyle and it's like you're the MVP. You know? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. deserve this. I only came here for the Larry V. Dude, amazing moment. Dude, that that moment for uh-huh. Toronto Raptor fans, you just watch watch that happen and watch that transpire, and you're like, "This is it. That's what we've been waiting for this entire time." Like you can just see that he's accepted, and I really, really, really think that he's gonna resign. I think I he will. So. He like, looks happy there. Like, okay, what what do you think? Like. The, the favorites right now are the Clippers and the Raptors. Honestly, at this point, I don't really think he's gonna go anywhere else, like other than those two teams. Maybe New York, but like yeah. I don't really know. I think it's between yeah. the Clippers and the Raptors. What do you think? Honestly, at this at this point, I I, I want to say Raptors just because mm-hmm. everything that transpired afterwards. This guy is dancing in the. Lo- I've never seen Kawhi smile that much and enjoy mm-hmm. himself. Right? He's dancing in, in champagne shower in the locker room. Mm-hmm. He's going in like. Showing pure love. That that's love. When he Dude. shows that love towards Kyle Lowry, that is love. That yeah, is not just like courtesy or being polite. That's actual <laughs> love. When you're like you're the real MVP and stuff like. That. I mean, I get it. You're on the euphoria of uh, the championship at that yeah. moment. You're high on that. But at the end of the day, Rich, does it really matter mm-hmm. if he stays or not? I mean, like it does because I want to keep winning because yeah, it's so awesome the first time. But well, like I will, un- right? Like, yeah, he gave me a ring. 
And I like if he decides to go to the Clippers, like exactly. honestly, I'm not gonna boo him if he comes down. He gave me the greatest moment in my sporting fandom life. He exactly. can make whatever decision he wants. Absolutely. But like obviously I want him to come back. Oh, and, like, and like here's my thing. Like, I think the only thing that will bring him to the Clippers is just being home. And I think that just this Anthony Davis trade is actually pretty huge because if Kyle if if Kawhi Leonard wants to be the guy in LA, I mean, now there's another guy there in Anthony Davis. Yeah. Do you do you want to compete against Anthony Davis and LeBron James for four times during the year, and maybe in the playoffs in the Western in the, in the Western Conference playoffs? I don't know. You know, and like yeah. the thing is, you stay in Toronto, you're getting way more money because you're getting an extra year. You can eat anywhere for free. And like that matters, you know. Like it's <laughs> anywhere like, for free. Yeah, like I'm ta- getting like almost fifty Dude. million a year, bro. But, but like, here's the thing: I'm talking as a poor student who has nothing to my name. But like, <laughs> it it would be really cool. Like, I can walk in anywhere I want, and it's like, hey, Kawhi, you want this filet mignon on the house? That's lit, you know. Yeah, but like, rich. Yeah. The type no. of amount, amount annual income that uh, differs between yeah. us and Kawhi Leonard. Dude, I understand, but it's more so like the love that the city has for I this guess, guy. You're right. Yeah, you absolutely. know, like this—it's the love that the country has for this guy. Like, you're—you go to the Clippers, you're playing in a in a state that has four NBA teams. Mm-hmm. You know, Sacramento is coming because they have a young and exciting team, and they're gonna get better. Mm-hmm. The, the Lakers—they're coming. They just got Anthony Davis, and we'll talk about that to close out the pod. Mm-hmm. The Golden State Warriors are still there, and. Like they are run by inc- an incredible management, and you have no idea what they're gonna do next. But I yeah. guarantee you, they're still gonna be really, really good. Yeah. So, you know, and all those all those four teams are in the same division, so they play each other four times. And I mean, I guess you get to play the Phoenix Suns, but I promise you, you will enjoy playing the New York Knicks four times a month. Yeah, you know year. what? And we need some superstars in the Eastern Conference. You yeah. know, I don't want to. I don't want to wait till the ten thirty games mm. and pass out by halftime while mm. there's guys like LeBron James, Anthony mm. Davis, and you know possibly mm. Kawhi Leonard playing. I want yeah. a seven o'clock game where I can watch a five star, six star player ball out. Mm-hmm. Is that too much to ask for? Honestly, I do. I completely agree. And on top of that, like there have been reports um, all season how Kawhi loves the Raptors medical staff how they've been doing such a great job with him. And they're a big part of how Kawhi Leonard was able to perform like he did in the playoffs. And, like, here's the thing. Kawhi is, I think, he's 27, 28. He's going to be in his 30s with his next contract. Like, you got to focus on securing the bag and staying healthy for as long as you can, you Mm -hmm. know? So if you trust the medical staff here and you like the teammates and 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 the management is, like, the Raptors have an incredible management. Mm -hmm. You want incredible ownership. Like, the front office is great. The medical staff is great. The teammates are great. They have a chance to compete. You you are literally the king of Canada. Yes. You just won a championship. You can go for a repeat. And that's that's also a cool thing because, like, if you win a championship and you have the opportunity to, like, build off of that and, like, create your own dynasty now, mm-hmm. that's a cool thing. He can go anywhere he wants. Mm-hmm. but to But he's not going to go there going, like, okay, we can repeat because he can't. The only place he can repeat is in Toronto. And I think yes. that's a cool thing. Like, ask the Warriors. They loved going. Th- like, the, the the idea of getting that dynasty of three in a row, I'm sure they love that. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Kawhi can do that here. So Kawhi is a dynasty stopper, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, which is why he's going to sign a, one, a, a one-year contract with a player option. He's going to win another championship with the Raptors, and then he's going to leave for more money, and he's going to kill our dynasty. He's going to stop plan. every three-peat out there. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Also, address the guy, the the plant guy, the Kawhi plant guy, walking through oh. Toronto, trying to give Kawhi the plant. That is love oh. from a city. Like, he's getting that- a house housewarming game. Yeah, honestly, at that point, dude, yeah. that's it. That's the sell. That's like, the sell. You know, like, you know, when you have like your, your sales team come in and they're like giving you, pitching you all these ideas, and it's like, okay, we're getting there with this guy. And then yeah. you bring in the closer who like comes in and just closes the deal. That's Plant that's Guy. The, yeah, the Plant Guy. That's Plant Guy. Plant Guy comes in and he's like, that's it. We're done here. Yo, Plant I'm Guy. Like, if you're listening to this pod, slide into our DMs. We would love to have you on this podcast, and we'll figure out a way to get you and Kawhi together. Because yeah. you need you need to help us um, make him stay in the city. 
Oh, one hundred percent. And honestly, plant guy, if you're listening to this, also bring you the plant over to the pod too. <laughs> we, would, we would love to get the plant's opinion on everything Raptors as we well. We have to. Oh my lord. Yeah. So, All right. but before we switch over to the news of the day, oh, news of the year, news of the yeah, whatever. Par- parades on Monday morning. I can't wait to be there. Kawhi can't wait to be there, even though he looks super bored at that Drake concert last night. I'm pumped. 10 a.m. It's going to get Sorry. so wild. I'm so excited. This is the greatest moment of my life. But It's going to be a record-setting amount of people calling in sick. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. I'm not like even calling It's a Monday. In. But here's the thing. I'm not even calling in. Like, where do you think I am, boss? You know? Yeah, no. <laughs> not you. I'm talking about people with, like, you mm-hmm. nine-to-fives. Yeah. <laughs> But oh. let's let's kind of close this one out with we're not going to do a bucket of the week this time because the war the Los Angeles Lakers kind of ruined my fun. Yeah. So I mean we can call them the bucket of the week for that. But they I made mean, a trade. Yeah, they made a trade, and I called you like ten minutes after it happened, asking you for your opinion of it, and just yeah. telling you what happened. So you had about an hour or two since then since that call. What mm-hmm. do you think of the trade? Man, collusion, man. Collusion. It's, ah, things are running about the team. This is absolutely insane. Rich Paul is controlling the NBA. No, jokes. Um, both uh-huh. teams got exactly what they wanted. It, I think it was the right thing to do. Like, I don't understand why it took so long. I kind of get it because you're kind of gauging out the uh, gauging out the league, seeing if there's mm-hmm. any other big trade offers that come before the uh, deadline, uh, before the dra- uh, draft date. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? The... Uh, Pelicans got solid, uh, solid pieces. They got Lonzo. They got Josh Hart. They got Brandon Ingram. Hopefully he's healthy. He, it, I think his value to this trade is very, very contingent on whether the blood clot is treated properly. And also there is, if, if it does recur, that is going to be a huge factor going on towards the future. But also a big piece of this is the fourth overall pick. They already have the first overall pick. And now they're going to have the fourth overall pick on a top-heavy draft year. That's massive. And you know what? Anthony Davis and LeBron got what they wanted. They got Anthony Davis over there. They also got to retain Kyle Kuzma, which is a huge factor. Also clearing up enough space next year of anywhere from $27.8 million to $32.5 million, depending on the re-signings next year's. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's big, Rich. It is big. What were your thoughts when you first saw it? Well, the first thing I thought of is the New Orleans Pelicans are essentially the 2017 Los Angeles Lakers now because they have Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and Julius Randle. I'm like, wait, didn't we we see these guys on the same team in a different jersey? Family reunion, baby. Yeah, but like, let's kind of talk. Let let me talk about it from the Pelicans' perspective and then the Lakers' perspective. The Mm -hmm. Pelicans got pretty much anything they would have wanted from trading their superstar. They're rebuilding, so when a team's rebuilding, they need three things. They need cap relief. They got rid of $25 million. They need mm-hmm. draft picks. They got three first-round picks, including the number four overall pick. And they got young pieces. That's what you need. When you're trading a superstar for the sake of rebuilding, those are the three things you need. And I'm assuming Drew Holiday is going to maybe leave, but he has like four years left on, on his contract, three or four years, and it's like 26 mm-hmm. or $27 million a year, so that's going to be tough to move. Yeah, but I mean the the Pelicans kind of did what they had to do, and especially when Rich Paul said that, yeah, Anthony Davis is cool with playing with the Boston Celtics, but he's going to test free agency out there and will probably leave. So if I'm the Celtics, I'm like, I'm not giving up one of my star young players for one year of of Anthony Davis, especially if uh, Kyrie Irving is leaving. Like I'm not doing Mm -hmm. that. So at that point, it just kind of leaves the Lakers because they have all those young pieces and all those picks. Mm-hmm. So I think the I honestly think that the Pelicans did as well as they could, and they just have to hit gold with their draft picks. And obviously Zion's going to be number one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he becomes a superstar. Hopefully they hit gold with number four. Hopefully they hit gold with their other first round picks. Because when you're a small market, you just got to hope that you hit gold. Because mm-hmm. chances are you're not going to bring in that big free agent. You have to build this way. Mm-hmm. And they tried doing it with Anthony Davis, and obviously they failed. They made the playoffs a couple of times, but Anthony Davis was injured a lot. So it's time to restart. As far as the Lakers, LeBron James has an extra superstar. I'm curious to see how they make salaries work because it seems like they're going after Kemba Walker. Yeah. And like you said, if they have $30 million in cap space, like yeah. obviously it's attainable. 
like they're gonna dip into the luxury tax. That's obvious. Right. Um, honestly, any LeBron James led team should dip into the luxury tax because when you have LeBron James, you're gonna have a chance to win. Yeah, but and I'll, I'll, just, I think uh, also they have a four million dollar trade exception as well going uh, mm-hmm. towards next year, which is big. Yeah, yeah, no, that's solid. Like it's gonna be interesting to see how they fill out their roster because like it seems like the more I look at the reports on like Kemba Walker, who the Lakers are reportedly aggressive in, in pursuing, mm-hmm. Kemba Walker might actually want to remain in Charlotte. Like he's will- like there is a report that said he's willing to take a hometown discount even, which I'm like, why? Stupid. But, I mean, whatever makes him happy, but stupid. I mean, miss playoffs another year, you know, or try to run pick and roll Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. And, so, and not make money and also yeah. get challenged by your owner, Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go, go. Yeah. Sounds go fantastic. make, go make $200 million over five years. Loser. Yeah. Um, sucker. He could be making more. Kemba is dude. Kemba is wasting his talent in Charlotte. He oh, should yeah. be playing with a superstar. Yeah, like pair him with a superstar. I'm sick and tired of Kemba being partnered with guys who mm-hmm. can only dunk, and that's it. That's what he received. Yeah, you mm-hmm. got a whole bunch of guys who can drive to the basket and dunk. That's it. Yeah, the crazy thing oh. is though, the Lakers are still a horrible organization. Like the way they are on, they're so <laughs> they're so dude. They're like I'm sorry to my producer, but like it's just they just run things like they have 20 years to go <laughs> because they're the Lakers, and it's so horrible. But yet they have this talent in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So if they win the championship, they're going to win because of sheer talent, not yes. because they ru- everything in the background is just horrible. Like there's, it's kind of like there's a fire going on in the background, but LeBron James is kind of still balling and just like winning basketball games. So it's going to be mean, interesting. You got to take in LeBron winning a championship with uh, Cleveland, right? Um, he won. He won that purely because of mm. talent. That organization yeah. was also run very poorly, but yeah. LeBron came through. That's the thing that what um, GD Bus has to do is give the reins to LeBron. Stop having mm-hmm. a struggle because this guy yeah. knows what to do to get to the finals. He's done it enough times consecutively mm-hmm. in order to know what to do. Like yeah. he will get the players that he wants. He will go recruit free agents. He will tell mm-hmm. you who to draft. Give him that for the next three years, and he will give you a ring. Mm-hmm. that's the thing he's gone to the finals eight straight years like Come maybe on. you should just go with the flow like every other team did. like exactly. you know what he's doing. and th- that's the thing like you 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 just watch espn first take and you just hear these guys talking every single day about who the best player in the world is and how Kawhi is the best player in the world now like do you like the be, just because lebron didn't make it to the postseason because the lakers just went to shit for for a year like mm-hmm. come on man the what lebron is able to do how he's been able to keep this entire league hostage for 15 years yeah. shows that this guy is still the best player in the world. Like this guy control he's the ultimate like he's the puppet master. He controls everything. I mean, supposedly for his off year this year, he averaged a uh, 27 points, eight what was it? Um nine like assists eight, and, and yeah. nine uh, nine boards. Yeah. Are and on a, on a solid field goal percentage, his three point percentage went up. That's this an off is, year. Yeah. <laughs> we, t- we take LeBron James for granted. Well, oh, we I don't because I think he's the greatest of all time. But like a lot of people do. Yeah. Like, like sometimes you want like the thing is, like, the Golden State Warriors almost lost game one in the finals last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Because LeBron James literally put his crappy team of players who don't fit together on his back and oh. won them that game. And if it wasn't for J.R. Smith, you know, that boy, that boy gets me going. But dude, dude, like he went, what, six games against the Golden State Warriors who were built to be one of the best teams ever. And he went six games with Matthew Della Vadova being his second best player. Yeah. Also, let's also address address the year where they were down 3-1, came back and whooped him. Just LeBron himself. Dude, that's the thing. Like, we should stop taking LeBron James for granted. But on that note, I don't want to talk about LeBron James ever again because the Raptors are ha- having a parade on Monday. No thanks That's to Danny the- Green. Fuck, man. <laughs> what, actually- what, what went through yeah. your mind when that turnover happened? Okay, let's close this out on this note. I was watching that game, and I see that turnover, and I turn to you, and I'm just like, start. I just 
stone face. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, like idiot. Like, like all you're... he had to do was run the clock out, dude. I, I don't know, man. Like, hold you're... it, hold it, and if they foul you, shoot the free throws. Like, I know you've been horrible this postseason for the most part, but trust your free throws. Yeah. And at that point, like, you gotta think like he has no confidence in the shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's going on with Danny Green, and I love him a lot. I think he's, a, I still think he's a great player despite a kind of rough postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, because like shooters shoot, and for the most part, he's always shot the ball well, and he still yeah. defends really well. So, like, I want him back next year, and he has said multiple times that he wants to return. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I, I'm watching that game. Like, you got to hold the ball. The, the last thing you can do in that moment is turn the ball over. Yes. And to throw the ball to that under the court, like, close to the out-of-bounds line, like, mm-hmm. you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand if you throw it towards the middle of the court, like, you don't – and there's, a, your, like, your teammates are there. But you throw it there, like, there's a chance that it might miss your teammate and just go straight out-of-bounds. Yeah. So – like fuck man hold the ball the fact that the raptors were able to win that game after that because steph curry got a pretty good look like yeah like, oh yeah uh, that's a I, yeah I, I thought it was going in steve curd kind of designed like a, a brad stevens type of uh inbound play and it was like perfect yeah and, and that's the last the guy you want the ball mm-hmm. yeah and uh let's take like two more minutes i want to just mention one quick thing about the end yes. of the game there like draymond green calls the timeout at the end and a lot of people start comparing him to Chris Webber because yeah. of what Chris Webber did with, with Michigan when Chris Webber was like 20 years old. Yes. Draymond Green has one of the highest IQs in the NBA, which is why I'm kind of certain that he knew that they have no more timeouts. Mm-hmm. The only reason he called a timeout, getting that technical foul, which would have cost him game seven if there were somehow one game, game six, he called that timeout to stop the clock. Because if he didn't, the clock would just go out and the Raptors would have won. He got the timeout call. Team went out. Kawhi went to shoot the tech, 112, 110. And then you got a foul right away and then hope like a Hail Mary shot if if um, the Raptors miss one, you know? So I think that was a smart play. It's the smartest thing you can do at that point. I think he has the IQ to figure it out. I don't think it was just him just forgetting about timeouts. It was a great it was a great place, so don't worry, Draymond. I'm here for you, even though you lost. I, I love Draymond, though. Right. I mean, like, let's address, also address the fact um, the Warriors as a team, class act, class oh, act. You oh, lost yeah. a big game. You lost the. You were this close to a ring, and you lost that. But you still left off with a great mood. You know, you congratulated oh, when I'm saying that. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a great move because they lost, but they left as champions. Even yeah, yeah, they yeah. Lost as champions. Yeah, no, like even Steve Kerr was like, "Yo, this is a great team." Draymond too, who can be an idiot many times. Um, he yeah. even said, "You know what? You guys played really well. Congratulations to the city of Toronto." You know, mm-hmm. was uh, we tried things like this. Steph Curry too, calling. You can't hate Steph. That's one thing. He is the golden boy of NBA. Calling Drake right after, congratulating him, having like congratulating Kyle Lowry, things like that. Solid guy, man. Solid guy. Yep. Well, I think it's time to close this one out, don't you, Kev? Yeah. Yes, sir. Patrick Beverly, we're waiting for you in Chicago. Yep. On that note, parades on Monday. Really, really excited. One quick shout out to Iggy for trying to protect Steph Curry's legacy. We're not gonna. He tried. (laughs) Raps and six. Parade season. Until next time, guys. Peace.